Listen in the dojo and dynamite. Dynamite, put your hand in ring is out of sight. All elite TNT make it feel right. Put your hand all elite, time to unite. One's name Rich, the other Ashley. The number one pod for the whole family. Time to fill your wrestling appetite. Now it's time to start dojo and dynamite. Hey guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 94 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Thursday, October 7th. Happy, happy birthday to your grandma. And happy 14 year anniversary to Randy Orton winning his first and second WWE Championship at No Mercy. 14 years? We're doing that I guess if you make something connected to wrestling, I think you could do anything. October 7th, 2007. My grandma is 82 today. Yes, happy birthday. Happy birthday. She also says the best people are born in October. She is not wrong. My birthday is next Wednesday, the 13th. Yours is coming up on the 29th. Yeah, it's a good month. It's the best month. That's what she said, but it's been very, very warm. And it's supposed to be very warm, unseasonably warm. It's really not in fall yet. It's still kind of like the leftover remnants of the end of summer. Even though fall happened like September 20th. But October's here, spooky season. It's always spooky season, though. In this we didn't house. put the decorations out yet, but we have to. Bought a little pumpkin. Got some pumpkins from the store. Some yes, nice did. Um, kitchen table decor. And we are loving it. Because we got a new kitchen table a little while ago. Very exciting. Oh, we shared that. that. That's the kind of stuff that happens when you get a little older. You get, like, excited. You got a new kitchen table. You're like, fuck yeah. Got more space. It's a nice solid wood. It's a nice table. It's a good Love table. Love it. <laughs> Opened up our dining room. Good See, this shit. is the kind of conversation that, uh... You even went to, a, like, a political meeting the other week. Yeah, It was, like, a social get-together. Had to have, like, a social cocktail dinner with the neighbors... How your, weird. Your mom and I went. You what's that like? You didn't want to join. That's fine, but very, what's that like? very, nice time. Um, you went to a political social cocktail hour. Yeah. How stra- How adult of you. Out of my element. What an odd thing. Had my throat chakra crystal with me to help with my communication. Um, but it was a very enjoyable evening. I feel like I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah, well, this weekend we have a... Massive adventure down to Atlantic City. We'll be taking a big ride on Saturday, so we're going to do two different podcasts. This one will cover Dynamite. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the G1. We, Okada and Sonata, of course, burn the barn down because they are that goddamn good. Yes, Sonata got- fans unite. Dojo, Okada fans unite. Dojo and Dynamite and death matches. A doubleheader coming at you. Uh, like yeah. Rich just said... We've got the Dynamite and G1 coverage coming at you now, and then uh, just a few days we'll be covering GCW Mox versus Gage, Janela versus Suzuki. We got Rampage. Listen, this is going to be one hell of a weekend. Look, this is a big work adventure, okay? It's second row seats, Atlantic City, Showboat Hotel. Check it out, Fight TV. You can order the pay-per-view. Super excited. Suzuki on Sunday, and then Monday, we will have the second podcast, as Ashley said. And we did get first row to the Nick Gage Invitational, so we'll be back in the Chicagoland area in November. I am super excited. We made it happen. 
It's unfortunate for GCW that this lined up with Full Gear. Because yeah. when they announced this, this was not supposed to be Full Gear weekend. Full Gear was supposed to be like the 6th. They announced it for the weekend after. Of course, it's in Minnesota, which is, again is a very makeable trip for those in the Chicagoland region. It's a 45-minute flight. So people with Nick Gage Invitational may be going to Full Gear. They have the opportunity. I don't believe it's sold out. But they did sell a lot of tickets. So there, there is a availability and possibility people can travel to go to Full Gear. For some reason, Full Gear, I don't know if it's the vicinity to Christmas time. I don't know if it's around the holidays. It doesn't seem to sell as quickly over the past two. Obviously, there's only been two that have sold. Baltimore now and Minneapolis. Uh, don't think it sells as quickly as the other three pay-per-views. Well, I think you're right. It is probably the timing because you're you're coming off of all out labor day weekend and then you've got thanksgiving and the december holidays coming up uh new year's christmas hanukkah it's, it's a busy busy time I feel it is like. an fyi to anybody going to full gear it is cold in minnesota in november Can so confirm. please bring a jacket those who are traveling. Or, or if you're going to the Nick Gage Invitational as well. Or if well, you're going to the Nick Gage Invitational, um, it is cold in Chicago in November. It's cold in the Midwest in, in the fall and winter time. But on a personal note, before we get started with this week's recap, Rich, I know you had thrown a little tweet out um, with a little hint, but I got a new job. Congratulations. Thank you. Um very excited to be starting this next chapter. Kind of came out of nowhere, uh, happened very abruptly, but I'm very excited. So that's, I'm actually transitioning right now, which is why there was no recap last week um, and why we're doing the double header this week, because that kind of got in the way. You're also in the middle of midterms, so it's been... Yeah, I mean, this weekend we had the GCW show, so I got to pack it all in this week. Yeah. But, you know, with, pre with last week, obviously the transition, the kind of spur of the moment, we're going to change direction career-wise. You have the opportunity, which is... Congratulations, Ashley, which is great. Thank you. Thank you. So you'll start work very shortly. Yes. And it's a good it's a good move professionally, uh, personally, too, though. I'm, yeah, of course. I'm thrilled. Um, It'll give you more opportunity, maybe even than before, to go to some of these outside the region wrestling shows. Fully remote, man. <laughs> That's the way God of the world bless. nowadays. It's the God way bless. Of the world. But with that, we will go ahead and get started with this week's recap. So this was the Dynamite two-year anniversary show. Yes, yeah, so they went to Philly, which I believe was the second show. Am I wrong? No, the third show. They went to Boston, Philly, Washington, D.C., first couple of weeks. Washington, D.C. was first. First, yes. Yeah. First couple of weeks were those three cities. I don't remember if this one was the private party upset victory or if that was in Boston, but it reminded me of that. Obviously, you open up with a, an enormous eight-man tag match. Yes, the Super Click versus Brian Danielson, Christian Cage, and Jurassic Express. I thought this match was really good. I mean, it's an eight-man tag. Obviously, I thought that JR, it was either JR or Tony Schiavone on commentary, kind of hinted toward, it was Schiavone. This was what we were gearing toward. You had so many interchangeable parts. You had feuds across the board. You had Omega with Cage, Omega with Danielson. You had the Bucks and Jurassic Express. You had Adam Cole and the Bucks against Jurassic Express and the Super Click. So you have this elite, this super elite group. 
You have Omega, Cole, and the Bucks against Danielson, Cage, and Jurassic Express. Now, what's really funny about it, and I said this to you last week, Jurassic Express seems so odd in this faction. Now, I understand where they are. People love Jungle Boy. I get it, but they're kind of characters. They have kind of dressy gimmicks. There's a dinosaur. There's a Tarzan boy. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have guys like Christian Cage, Brian Danielson, or Kazarian. Like your wrestler's wrestler, like exactly, yeah. just kind of a wrestler's wrestler has their own character, kind of their own name, carries the burden of their stories. They're not as gimmick, so it's just kind of funny when you see Luchasaurus in like a, a dinosaur outfit, kind of out there, you know, kicking. It kind people. of clashes, like when, like visually, when visually, you're looking right, at it, yeah. but then. You know they've got they've got great chemistry and obviously there's a lot of backstory there and um, they also mentioned on commentary you know the culmination of the ending of All Out and how we got to this point which is what you were just discussing as well like this was sort of like the start of the blow off I guess yeah I, I meant it visually it's just kind of you know you see the guys standing yeah. there and you have a you have a dinosaur in the middle of them so it's it's kind of like that type of visual clash that uh, you know grabs the attention but. Yeah, I mean, look, this was a great match. I mean, you obviously had so many working parts, moving parts. Well, look at the star-studded lineup uh, across both teams. Yeah, I mean, everybody, they, they started the show. Yeah. They started this without an entrance. Yeah, I believe AEW aired it on YouTube uh, in the I think interest of time. Or Instagram. Yeah. Uh, it was aired on social media to give the fans a way to to view that if they so chose. But then, you know, the show starts and let's get right down to the action because th- there was a lot to get through. Yeah, you had a lot inside, outside the ring. Obviously, they highlighted everybody individually, but Christian Cage gets kind of like written off TV here or written out of this story for a second. I don't know if this is going to come in. I've been thinking about this for a while. One, where's Kaz? I guess he lost to Cole last week. So maybe, or a couple weeks ago. So there wasn't time. I'm sorry, yes. I'm I'm a little discombobulated. But he doesn't come in for the save here. Christian Cage gets uh, indie drivered. Indie Taker, whatever the fuck they call that thing. Outside the ring. Outside the ring. He's gone. I don't know if this is going to simulate or stimulate. Not simulate. You're not <laughs> simulating anything. If this is going to kind of stimulate the emotion of the Jurassic Express, kind of, hey, you know, is Christian Cage eventually going to turn? Like, is Christian against Jungle Boy here? Is this going to be happening? This is something I'm interested in. Obviously... There's a lot of story between a lot of these guys. So, what, is Christian Cage going to take an Adam Cole? I mean, what's the next step for Jurassic Express? And what's the next step for Christian Cage? We know that Danielson, and spoiler alert, at the end of the night, Danielson will not be challenging Omega for the world title. Yes, it is going to be one hangman Adam Page. Which is completely the correct move. So we come full circle, presumably at full gear. Yes. and I, But there's... There's still a whole lot of story to be told there with Hangman's tie to the Elite and the Super Click. And now Adam Cole is here. You know, we haven't had that confrontation yet. There's a whole other thing that's going to be happening there. So it is interesting to see where Christian and, and Danielson will fit in amongst yeah, this Yeah, I think also. the Danielson-Omega feud is probably more valuable without the championship as we discuss that type of thing. It allows for Adam Page to tell his own story. He gets in his own feuds, he tells his own stories, he wrestles his own enemies, builds up his own rivalries, because Shivani had talked about that. 
uh, I believe it was either Shivani or Excalibur talking about Pack, how they were one of the earliest rivals in yeah, AEW. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a callback to those things. Those are things that can happen. Pa- Page versus Pack can happen again. Hell yeah, run it back. So, but what happens to Christian? What happens to Jurassic Express? Where do they go from here? Because the Lucha Brothers are not entangled in a rivalry with Jurassic Express for the Tag Team Championships, Lucha Brothers have been kind of going against, like, the Hardy family. Uh, Lucha Bros will actually be wrestling the Acclaimed on Rampage this week. Okay, the so now they're facing the Acclaimed. I mean, that that's where they are right now. They don't really have direction or story at the current moment. So we'll see kind of what that comes out of if they decide that uh, maybe they want to build on the Acclaimed match for a rematch or, or whatever it's going to be. But this this obviously, this wasn't the culmination of it, this eight-man tag, because obviously there was still a little story going on because Christian wasn't involved, so that's obviously going to have to play a role in why they ate the loss. Yeah. So, again, we'll see how this kind of comes together. Yeah, I mean, the start I, of Yeah, we'll, we'll see what come. this leads to. People, our friends think it's going to be blood and guts again. Oh. But it does kind of seem a little soon, six months from the other one. Can they do another blood and guts? I feel like it's always possible, but I don't. I don't get that vibe myself. Not yet. At Could least. they do something like a Survivor Series type of match? I feel like that would make more sense. Just like I don't a, a feel large like scale enough... elimination kind of tag match that yeah. takes like forty minutes. I don't feel like. There's enough bad blood here for a full-on blood and guts. That's just me. But it's like a elimination Especially style Especially their style tag. of blood and guts. Yeah. With the way that they... It, it's more of a slugfest. A lot of blood. Literally. Hence the name. But a lot of yeah. punches, kicks. I mean, Danielson, these guys... These guys are wrestlers. They, they want to be wrestlers. They come in here. They want to they grapple. They want to tangle. So maybe a Survivor Series type yeah, match I where like you can that. kind of... You can kind of, uh, you know, display their skill sets on a large scale in a long 40-minute endeavor. Maybe it's a pay-per-view match. Yeah. It can be maybe be something that kind of blows off that way. And you can no, kind of I'm, maybe build something with, with Jungle that. Boy as they always do. Kind of that underdog. Maybe he survives like a three-on-one for a while, whatever it is. He kind of overcomes some of these odds. And, you know, that, that, could, that could be a, a way to do it. A Survivor Series has always provided, which is coming up, by the way, Barclays Center. Survivor Series has always kind of provided some really good historical matches where they... I mean, look, what was it a couple years ago when Sting debuted? I think it was like Dolph Ziggler had a hell of a run in that thing, but they just don't capitalize on it. So hopefully, you know, if they do something like that, I remember that match being great. So I I like those types of matches. As long as they have stories to them, I, I like it. I don't like a random culmination of uh, guys on Raw and SmackDown just fighting for the sake of fighting. Like, I like this. You know, you got two different teams. You got you definitely can get five, six guys on each side and just kind of let them go to war. Well, I just think it's also, on, on a side note, it's it's really interesting because you, you've got Kenny's beef with, with Cage. You've got Kenny's beef with Danielson. Now you've got Hangman. I mean, he's, obviously he's the champion, so there's always a target on your back, but, like, there's so much going on here, so many intertwined stories that I think it's going to be really compelling and I think this is the way the you can kind of months. allow for Omega to lose the championship. He's got so much going on yeah. that Adam Page can finally beat him. And Hangman, he's not as laser focused. Is that title? Yeah, because Adam Page is laser focused. Kenny Omega is no longer laser focused. He's got too many things yeah. in his rearview mirror right now. He's got too many things in his peripheral vision. It's a, it's a good it's a good story. 
but what a hot way to open up the show now throwing it back to last week's rampage uh, we had nick jackson in singles action against brian danielson we had talked a couple weeks ago about how i wasn't feeling that rampage is like must see television but you give me nick jackson in singles action i mean i, I can't miss that so loved it and yeah that's all i have to say <laughs> Yeah, Rampage last week was interesting because you had the Danielson-Nick Jackson match. You had the Jack Evans... Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy hair versus hair. Hair versus hair, which was actually pretty engaging. You had the Jade Cargill, Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa? Triple Threat, triple which threat. I did like. I, yeah, that I, was fine. Yeah. We don't have a lot of triple threats in AEW, so I thought that was cool. Yeah, I, they they use the chair. I mean, Jade Cargill kind of showed, yeah. uh, I guess, like a, an aggressiveness, like yeah. a ruthlessness to win. I, I thought it was a good be, match. We can fast forward to the announcement on Dynamite of the TBS championship that will be debuting for the women's division. Uh, Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargill will be competing in that tournament, so um, it'll be nice no, to I, run I, that See, back. I, I was... Uh, Working on some schoolwork, so I was actually on a Zoom meeting, so I was watching it without sound. So I couldn't hear exactly what had happened during the uh, middle portion of this. Like, there's a CM Punk promo that came up, and I, I, I had no idea what he was saying. And then he started taking his shoes off, and I didn't understand the context of what the hell was no, you, happening. You said, you're like, did he just retire? I was like, did he just no. fucking retire in the, middle, um, in the middle of the ring? He's taking his shoes off. So, that that came next after the opening tag match, but... After Shivani had announced the, the new title that'll be debuting, they did a backstage segment where they cut to a few of the women who will be in this tournament. So Jade is one of them. Um, Thunder Rosa is another. And then Sky Blue will also be competing. So um, I think that's going to be great for the women's division as a whole. We've yeah, talked we'll about... We'll see what they decide they want to do another, with the booking of this. Yeah. Is it going to be similar to the way they booked the TNT title where it's going to be... A cross of up and down, young, veteran, you know, that type of thing where the top is the top. Well, as Dr. Britt said, she goes, you guys, you ladies can go ahead and fight amongst yourselves. I'm going to stay at the top with my AEW Women's World Championship and you guys fucking figure it out yourselves. It, so. it does kind of make you feel like that's something that we used to run that sort of story. And it was a heel way to disrespect the other champion or disrespect what the other individuals did. But I used to get feedback pretty routinely that they felt like it was belittling the other title because the world champion's just kind of saying, yeah, I don't fight for that shit. Right. I fight for this one. Right. Does that hurt this title by doing that angle? Because when I thought of it, I thought of it as a heel tactic. Like when I, I, would, I would write the script saying, hey, you know, not really a script, but I'd say, hey, you know, like, disrespect that a little bit you know you're, you're you're the big guy you're number one you know kind of shit on the little guys and that's definitely how brit came off like right she's like she's, I'm she's the like, top. I, this she's is the my top division. dog she's yeah. kind of shitting on the little ones a little bit as she puts it you know even though they're not at all they're right. still the competitors because we the same thing they were still competitors for the same titles but i don't know if that makes it feel less valuable i i was always kind of given that same feedback kind of saying hey you know i understand what you're doing but it does kind of make it feel like these aren't as valuable as the world title. Now, I understand that it isn't, but does it need to be acknowledged or said on television in that manner? So that may be just one of the things for, you know, participation. Obviously, it was one promo. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not a big way deal. too early yeah, to tell. Yeah, absolutely not a big deal whatsoever. But 
I agree with you. You don't, you want to have an even playing field. Obviously, your women's world championship, your AEW world championship in the men's division, those are your top tier prizes. But competing for any championship, TNT, TBS, uh, tag team, I mean, that's still valuable in, in, in the same sense. So you don't want to diminish those in any way. Is it odd that there is a TBS championship prior to a trios tag? No, no, because I think we, we've talked about this at length. There needs to be something else in the women's division because right now it's very crowded. Uh, I, trios titles, I think we are still due for. And, and there was a part of me that was hoping for that announcement because it's just something I'm particularly excited for. But the women's division needs this right now. I, I was just, I mean, there's more, it seems to me, eyeball test. I don't have the analytics on it. It seems like there's almost more trios or multi-man matches than singles women's matches on each card. Like you get one women's segment per Rampage, one women's segment per Dynamite. Is that enough for two championships? Where you're consistently getting multi-man matches, trios matches, throughout the entire card. Look at last week. It was all tag matches. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, what well, now would you I think, think would need the priority? Now I think having the extra championship, it it gives them a reason to fight instead of doing these, like, it, blood It does. I, listen, I completely agree with that. Stories. I do, and I, and I like the fact Not that, that they are... that those aren't important, but... I like the fact they're solidifying a division. I like the fact that they're one of the only women's championships or only women's divisions with a secondary title. That's not a tag. I like that. They do need a tag, and I think a tag title would help the women even more because it gets more women on TV in matches. You know, you're building TJ, you're building Penelope, and you're building bunny. the bunny. Like, you're building them, and you're giving them more opportunity because it works. Look, you're Anna even- Jay is green, she's young, Tay Conti's getting better, but you put them together, and they don't get overexposed. That you see the best of both. It gives them more experience. How many matches Anna Jay has that? 23, 26? You could even do like Rebel and Jamie Hayter. You absolutely could. And I think that Which that would add might to have Brit's played, faction too. Maybe that was more valuable in the current role because you do have a lot of young women, like a lot of inexperienced women, that may need more time. And if you can have tag matches, you get more exposure. You get four women in a match instead of two. But again, you got to build these teams. So it's going to take time to tell the stories to build these teams, get these factions going. I like Britt Baker's faction, of course. You know, I, I like the team of Penelope and Bunny. I like the team, of course, of Tate J. That kind of came across naturally. Yeah, extremely. I, I you know, I, I like those things. So we'll see. We'll see how it comes together. Obviously, you got a lot of individual characters: Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, Jade Cargill, Ruby Soho. Very individualized oh, characters. Ruby is also in the tournament. I hope so. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I think they're both necessary. They, they were both needed. The women needed something extra to fight for. And the men need a trios championship because there's so many multi-man matches. So, I, I think I, no, that's the I, next I don't, step. I don't disagree. I think trios, trios need to come next. But I, I don't think I don't think now is the time. Uh, we already have two men's division titles now the women are with three, actually, with the, the tag and the TNT. So now the women I, I kind of look at tag as being their own thing, though. Like, yeah. Because you know, a lot of the tag teams, 
or you you'd think a lot of the tag teams are tag teams. You have Lucha Brothers, you have it's FTR. Its own, they they kind of have yeah. their own thing. I'm so with you. they're not really competing for the TNT titles. They're not really competing for the world titles. So I do think the women they're a little more mixed. You know, you, you know, Anna Jay can fight for the TBS title. Tay Conti can fight for the you know the TBS title, world title, whatever it is. Like you know, you can kind of see them fighting individually as well as tag teams. So well, that's that's an interesting thought. If if they got enough women where they had like just a legit women's tag division, like they have the men's tag division, that's an interesting. You need more time. Thought, yeah. Yeah, you need yeah. more time. But. But anyway, this kind of transitioned to whatever the CM Punk promo was because I don't know what they said. Yeah, so he he came out, he addressed Philly. Um, he you know he's happy to be back. Um, and was just continuing to spread his love. The happy-go-lucky CM Punk. Yes. CM Punk will I'm kind of ready for him to do something, though. I don't I'm disagree. Enjoying, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this as bluntly as I can. I enjoy CM Punk on television. Yes. I enjoy Christian Cage on television. Yes. I enjoy... As much as I don't watch it, I enjoy knowing that people, and I, I should watch more, and I have watched most of, if not all of, Edge's matches on WWE. I enjoy the fact that he's there. And as much as people despise Goldberg, I've enjoyed watching Goldberg be on television. It's the fan in me, and I get so tired of the criticisms about these people, like especially taking spots. Now I understand that's booking, that's not them. They don't have to do that. Edge isn't taking anybody's spot. Edge is contributing to this. He had a feud with Seth Rollins. It was great. You know, I mean, Bobby Lashley and Goldberg had a, a, a real wrestling match at WrestleMania, uh, SummerSlam, I'm sorry. It, it's a legitimate thing when Christian Cage goes to All Out and tears it up with Kenny Omega in the main event. What a great match that was. The Rampage match was excellent, too. CM Punk's having great matches week in and week out. I'm enjoying them being here. So I'm not complaining necessarily about him being happy-go-lucky. I am just enjoying and soaking it in that these wrestlers from my childhood, these wrestlers that I grew up enjoying, are having a chance to continue to wrestle. And I, now as a, an older child, <laughs> as an adult, am enjoying and kind of soaking it in. Well, I just like appreciate it. it. Like It sounds like cliche probably and, and like cheesy, but it's like we've, we've gone on this journey together. And like you can see punk is like so genuinely happy like he's just coming out and addressing the crowd and it's like that that is really nice to see like i am glad that he's happy like i'm happy he's here we're doing this together this is so much fun i love it it is a love fest but that's that is not a bad thing but i'm ready to see him like get involved in some stories yeah, I, I just feel like he's kind of wrestling for no reason now darby allen of course had a little short stories quick Darby did a nice job, great videos. I mean, Darby does the best vignettes. And we've got Punk versus Daniel Garcia. So that was ultimately the point of this promo. Right, but um, Which is going to be a hell of a match. Sure, but for what? And why? I guess does this go back to what he said the, the first night at the United Center, that he's here to help the young no, talent? No, I, I understand that. It's It just kind of seems odd to me that... I guess that's his story. Is that, that's the that's story. That's his story. He's just going to go one by one and fight them all? I, I don't know. I just I feel like maybe 2.0 and Daniel Garcia need to like come fuck him up or something. They did jump they did him that, do that one day. They did yeah. do but they that. were they, could but do it it, again. they really were but they were in it with Darby, they were in it with Mox, so that kind of tied together. I just kind of, you know, let's see something here, you know. Team Taz attacked him. 
Hook. After like you That's know, Taz, Taz hears you know voices in his head. We we had people are talking to him. We're gonna we we gotta get Punk versus Hook. You I get mean, Team Taz out of your mouth. <laughs> I didn't Anybody say Team say? Taz. That was hilarious. That was that um, was genuinely I think about that lives rent free in my head. It does absolutely can confirm, but you know all in all I, I'm excited to see what's next for him. But I I do thoroughly enjoy seeing how happy he is. And then at the end, just, he takes off his Jordans and he gives it to the Orange Cassidy or it, Or the way that I got the context, he retires. <laughs> he did not retire. Um, he did. He gave his Jordans to the young fans sitting at ringside, which was just a very classy um, move to catch on camera. You know, that's one of those things that it's almost like the, the promo could have happened before or after the show where he's just addressing the hometown crowd the, the Philly, Philadelphia crowd uh, but I'm glad that they were able to capture that moment on television it was heartwarming the only reason why I brought it up is because you see so much hate and negativity and I, I understand it I get it you know it's the booking committee don't be upset with these guys just enjoy and soak in the opportunity I mean Christian Cage they were turning on him Back at Double or Nothing when they thought he was going to win that Battle Royal. And I'm just, I'm glad they did what they did. It was the perfect way to write it. I said that. I'm just really happy to see Christian out here. And he's having a great time. And he's just tearing it up. And he's in the right company. And I just want him to get the appreciation from everybody that he deserves. Because I, I really enjoy watching these guys work. Having Danielson come out here and do it. But Danielson can always do it. This is just, you know, Christian Cage made a big decision to not do WWE. And to come to AEW and do this. And I'm glad he did. Because he's one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. Really was one of my favorite wrestlers in TNA. It was one of the reasons why I watched TNA. He kind of brought me over there in a way. I was watching TNA sporadically. Because I would catch it on whatever channel it was on. But once Christian Cage went. And it was this new character. And it was finally. Because I mean I was a Smackdown guy. So I mean Christian was on Smackdown before he was out of there. And it was like hey you know I'm going to go check this out. That's good shit, though. I mean, like, that's cool for you to, like you said, you, you went from being, like, a child to now an adult child. Adult and, child. And you get to experience Christian in, uh, and CM Punk. Because we're all peeps. Yeah. And in these different, what, generations of your life? I don't know. These different points in your life. I'm happy that you get to go through that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of the same feeling I get as much as people, you know, they've, they've kind of criticized Jericho and, and, you know, whatever. But it's like, you know, Jericho's wrestling MJF and they're basically like, you know, if he loses, he can't wrestle again. And I'm like, I really, don't really don't he, want Jericho to lose this match. You're ready for I, would, that, yeah. I would like to continue to watch Jericho. Like, as much as, you know, maybe he's not exactly the same wrestler he was, I still think he's doing a fine job. Stories are still intriguing. Get excited to see him. I'm like, I don't want Jericho to stop wrestling. That's the feeling, I guess. It's like, I, I'm enjoying these guys working and wrestling in the opportunity because I know that there's just a small window of what they have left. Yeah. And I, I want to enjoy it and soak it in while it's there. No, I, I agree with you. Um, that's all. That's all good, positive stuff. Um, but that kind of ties into the next thing, which was Bobby Fish. Who's another guy who is now having an opportunity in AEW? Who obviously was NXT. He's a little older guy. Who who knows how much longer he has in this business, or how much longer he wants to do this? 
So you have Bobby Fish wrestling Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. It's a great match. Great he match. signs. Yep. He's all elite after Excellent it's over. News. Loved it. I, I thought this was really, really good. I think Bobby Fish brings a lot to the table. And I just don't understand what NXT didn't see in him. I understand it's NXT 2.0, but Bobby Fish brings a lot to the table. It's kind of like Kaz. Guy can still go, yeah. can still go great. Obviously, Fish brings a different element now. Again, I don't watch NXT. I don't. So, Bobby Fish, I've seen a couple of his matches, sort of the Adam Cole. I, I've watched the takeovers. I've seen his tag matches with Kyle O'Reilly. But Bobby Fish was Red Dragon with Kyle O'Reilly prior to going into the NXT. And so, obviously, they were in their little faction in... They had the same faction. I don't know if Roderick Strong was in that faction, but it was Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole. And Matt Taven? Or was he not part of that? Mike Bennett? Mm. Matt Taven. Were they all part of the kingdom? I know when we went to... I believe it was Final Battle when Bennett high-fived you. Cole was with him then. They, they versed the Young Bucks and AJ Styles, I think. Right, Bullet Club. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on... Yeah, it's kind of funny. It was about five years ago we went to a Ring of Honor show, New York City. It was Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, Maria, and Adam Cole. Yeah, yep. Against AJ Styles and the Young Bucks. And you were in your pink Mike Bennett shirt. That's your signature Ring of Honor shirt. Yep. I have Maria. I got it signed by Maria. Yeah. I think you were, the, what, the first person I to buy I might have been it? the first person ever to buy that shirt. Legitimately. I bought that shirt in 2012. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, 2012. I am old. This is not good. I'm aging quickly. 2012, and... It's a pink Mike Bennett shirt. But he would recognize you at the show. He would. Re- I was the only fucker in the shirt. <laughs> I didn't even like Mike Bennett. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't very. I don't want to say he wasn't very good. Every, every wrestler is good. It, it was. He was green. He was young. Crowd kind of didn't like him. It wasn't uh, quite for you, but you liked the pink. Yeah. And then that became your guy. That. Uh, what, what am I? What else am I supposed to do? <laughs> so uh, Maria was excited that I bought the shirt. She signed it. Got an autograph from her. Got an autograph on the shirt, and that's what I wear to my Ring of Honor yeah. shows. Yeah. Wore that to Madison Square Garden for the G1 Supercard. Yeah. But we went to that show in Chicago Ridge, I believe, too, a couple of years before that. I think it was like Red Dragon, Adam Cole, somebody else for us, like Mike Elgin, Jay Lethal. It was a big elimination tag match. What a unique thing. Great match. What Chicago Ridge, thing? October 2013. Yeah. It's a big elimination match, like eight-man elimination match. Interesting match. But, yeah. you know, Bobby Fish comes in here, works with Sammy Guevara. It's the perfect combination. It's exactly what Bobby Fish should be doing, and he has an aggressive nature. I know that NXT 2.0 is supposed to be this new, edgy content. Why can't Bobby Fish just do this? What are they missing? Well, now he's here. Yeah, and I, I we think Bobby Fish is going to bring for the ride. Yeah, of course. If you and again, this is kind of that guy. And this it's not to say yes, Bobby Fish is very good. and He deserves television time. Don't get me wrong, but he's a guy that also really works with elevation. You get him on that show, 
and he works on YouTube. He's working with Jungle Boy, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy. You know, you see those guys working with some of these veterans. And I think this fits really, really well. He's that type of guy. To overcome that would be tough. It's yeah. like you got to overcome Bobby Fish. So. Playing the, the veteran role to, to help shape and build the younger talent. I mean, yeah, that's perfect. And he's also a very good tool to add into a group. Sure. So I, I think he's going to play a role. I, I I don't know if they're going to affiliate him or if him and Adam Cole are going to, like, acknowledge so one another. There's so much history. So, I mean, the But there's history before NXT. Yeah. So it, it's not... They yeah. don't like to ignore NXT. I just don't really know it. You know, I know but, they were a group, so I don't know if they were no longer friends in NXT on TV. I don't. I really don't know if the Undisputed Era ever actually broke up, or they just all retire. Not retire, but like leave NXT. I don't know, but the NXT or, or, or pre-NXT back in the indies, I mean, there is a lot of history to be told. And I, I'm excited for it, though. Our One of our friends in, in the group chat was like, if this doesn't get him signed, I don't know what to tell you. And then later on... Uh, later on that evening, they announced that he's all elite. So that's that's great. Congrats! It's to a good Bobby signing, Fish. and it reminds me of Bobby Fish in Ring of Honor. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is good. It's yeah. it's, a, it's a good matchup. We'll see what Sammy's title reign brings. I think it's going to be a shorter one. It's my gut. But he's got some stories going on. You uh, then you had Darby Allen and Nick Camarado. Yeah. Which was out of nowhere. Out of sort nowhere, of. I do like Nick Camarado. Yeah. So good I'm look. like I, I was cool with seeing him in action but yeah i don't know where this came from and then this kind of correlated with darby allen getting attacked by a bunch of men in a limousine who we, we believe are the pinnacle but that's what commentary was saying i'm sure it was but was never that was extremely confirmed. wcw yeah you'd see this happen in wcw all the time limousine pulls up guys just jump out attack him and they yeah you know, it's like oh who are these guys usually they would unmask though because MJF challenged Darby to singles action. Oof. Next Saturday Night Dynamite? I don't know. Who MJF did? Yes. Yeah, so, so that's not going to the pay-per-view? That was because you were doing your thing. Marvez. I couldn't hear anything. Marvez so. finds Darby backstage and goes, you know, MJF has issued a challenge um, to singles action. Again, I can't remember when this is going to take place. I think it's at one of the upcoming Dynamites. Uh Marvez asks if Darby accepts. He does. And then Marvez leaves and the violence ensues. But then they also hinted on commentary. Is he going to be, you know, is he going to be in, in good enough shape to compete? So I think it is next week. It, it could prolong to the pay-per-view. Yeah, potentially. We'll see what comes out of this. I, I like it. Darby versus MJF. Good match. Yeah. Got Sting involved. Potentially Moxley, maybe. Kingston. Depending on what they do with Punk. Moxley, Kingston, Punk. Exactly. <laughs> that's its own super faction right there. So you, you got those guys. You had another Arn Anderson promo. Yeah, so we missed last week's recap. We missed, what, Glock Anderson, Armed Anderson. Oh, my goodness. What a fucking promo. Oh, my you know goodness. You people thought he went too far? Get out of here. Fucking promo was legendary. He's at Cody's house burning Cody's suit. Cody's <laughs> like, what the fuck you do to my house? He goes, oh, Nice to see you there, buddy. Yeah, now you know that I'm here. And he's like, you're uh, at my house burning my shit. He goes, yeah, fuck you, Cody. Top tier. Then he, he fucking slaps him across the face. What a good fucking promo. Good shit. Top fucking tier love shit right Anderson. here. He was cutting great promos like this in WCW, too. People don't fucking listen. It was great stuff. 
This is this is prime Arn Anderson promo right here. This is I, good shit. The the armed Anderson from last week was was the talk of the town, but I thought this one was you know right up there. Um, I, I love to see where this is going, and um, obviously there is animosity within the Nightmare family. Um, last week, which started the the, the promo itself. Um, Lee Johnson grabbed the win in the tag team match, which I thought was huge. And I, I hope that that doesn't get completely overshadowed by what's going on with Arn and Cody. That's definitely important and it's its own story. But uh, Lee Johnson getting the victory and tagging himself in, I, I think, is huge for him. And uh, they definitely need to bring that back or bring that up with wherever this is going. I agree. Yeah, I'm. Lee Johnson's a guy, we praise him whenever he's on television. He had that great TNT match against Miro. I thought that was good. I think Lee Johnson's kind of building a name for himself. Took a lot of losses. He's been on television for two years now, literally. You know, with Dark, too. I I think he's coming along. It was a big moment. He's tied himself with Arn Anderson. He's coming along. Yeah. Moving right along, though, we had ladies' action Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. Uh, Hikaru Shida competing for her 50th win in the AEW women's division. I like that she didn't win. Serena Deeb played spoiler, and I, I fucking love that. Serena Deeb is criminally... I know she was injured, but she's criminally underutilized. She is so valuable an asset, regardless. I mean, she's a veteran, and she's good. It's, it's not, you know, so it's not good. just, oh, I have the experience to do this. She's so good, and she's still in her prime. Yeah. And she can come out here, and she can deliver these types of matches, and you can you can put her with anybody. Yeah. And I think that this was a perfect display of get her on television routinely. Yeah. If you want to put her in a group if you want if that if that works better. If you want to give her more prominent role in that way, it just get her on television more. I, I love her. I, she is one of my favorite women's wrestlers in AEW, in the world. Uh, her and Hikaru Shida both. Um, I love the aggression that she's displayed since coming back with her injury. Coming back from her injury. You know, she's she's on a whole nother level and she's doing what she has to to get a victory. And I think she's going to be a very dominant force in this division um, in the future. Hopefully she gets in the mix of the whether it's the tbs championship tournament but one thing i really enjoyed on commentary during this bout was jr commenting on the predictability of Sheeta's running knee and then immediately after uh, when Sheeta goes to do the the running chair spot deeb jumps up grabs the chair pushes it under the ring and she's like we're not we're not doing this like i'm a step ahead and i thought that was just a great comment by jr playing into the psychology of the match, the intelligence of the fans, the intelligence of the wrestlers, and I thought it added to what Deeb was doing throughout this. What I thought was actually, I kind of said this to you before, we've talked about this, I don't like that spot, I think it's slow, I think it's very predictable. It's actually something, when I first started wrestling, there was a spot that I did where I would put a steel chair down, very similar, and I would run and I would drop kick, like a missile drop kick off the chair. Because... Growing up, when you're young, you emulate those like Sabu. If you remember, Sabu did a triple chair moonsault thing where he would run, jump off the chair, hit the rope, and then he'd moonsault or he'd jump out of the ring, and it was always so impressive. So jumping off of chairs while running was always something I thought was so cool. But you realize the steps it takes to set up, 
to get to. You know, it's so predictable. The opponent can literally watch you do it. And it was kind of something I dropped very quickly. And it was just, it felt weird when I watched it back going, this is taking too long. It doesn't feel like wrestling. It feels like a spot. It's just something I dropped quickly. And I, I was not necessarily critical of it. It just was something that needed to be done sporadically. Well, it yeah, especially work when you incorporate own... that as like your signature move. It's like, well, I know you're going to do this. So yeah, I'm gonna... it was a little too long yeah. to kind of set up for that moment. So obviously in the idea that, you know, wrestling is an engaging tie-up type of, hey, you know, catch as catch can, you know, you follow the flow, you do what's tasked of you, and you kind of match when you see an opening, you take it. This is too much of a, you know, elongated thing. You know, the person's got to sell in the corner very obviously for an extended period of time for me to get the chair down to do the running drop kick. I didn't like it anymore. And I think with Hikaru Rashid, I kind of felt the same thing. And on top of that, it wasn't like she was running very quickly. She always kind of moved because she didn't want to slip off the chair. It's slippery. Yeah. So she didn't want to slip off that chair. And I think what Serena Deeb was good, I think JR's commentary was excellent. I thought yeah, it was pinpoint. Yeah, I thought it was, a, it was a great observation. Very, very, very And good it added spot. a lot to the match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you enjoyed it. It was a good observation by you. Yeah. I just thought that was great. Um, I, I like, like you said, they didn't give Sheeta the 50th win. They had her little what was it, trophy, plaque, they were all prepared to present it to her. So, you know, I, I feel like that made it seem predictable, but no, they threw us a curveball, Deeb smashes her over the head with it, and I loved it. I, I thought that was really great, and I'm excited to see what both of these women are going to be doing in the future. We talked about the TBS title announcement, uh, which is going to be great for the women's division as a whole, and I believe that tournament is starting in January. I thought they said, when they actually make the move to TBS. Makes sense. Uh, so that will definitely be something to look forward to. But that brings us to the main event of the evening, which was the casino ladder match. The winner getting a future AEW World Championship match. Hangman was the Joker. That was the big news. That's what everyone was hoping for. Comes back. Uh, he's just as over as ever before. So, I mean, I think this was the perfect move. But we were talking... Um, during the main event, because you had concluded your schoolwork, how really any of those men could have won. Yeah, they, they put the right people in the match. It was Obviously, a good... Obviously, Moxley, yeah. Archer, Pack, Andrade, Matt Hardy, Orange Cassidy, all of these individuals Viable have competed or can compete for an AW World title. Yeah. And I think that you had, obviously, Adam Page come out. He wins. It's the right move. It's the right step, and I hope he wins the championship. Because I think right now it's time that it'll add to what the company's doing where you can have the elite, you can have Kenny Omega doing these outside things, if it's with Danielson, with Cage, with these guys, with the super elite. And then you can also even maybe sow some seeds potentially for a breakup because Adam Cole's back, baby. Yeah. So, I mean, that can play a role in who's becoming the leader. Adam Cole is a very vocal leader. So it could potentially rise some divisions or cracks within the group. It's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's possible. So Adam Page gets the opportunity. This is the way he can do it. He wins the Joker thing, the, the chip. That's what yes, it was. Yes, the chip. He wins the chip thing, which gets him a way to kind of jump the line, which is always a good thing to do. It's the way that the money in the bank should have been done. Gives guys the opportunity to jump the line. You set this up maybe for full gear. I think it is time. Crowd liked it. It was a great match. Some big spots. 
Pack took a big jump off the top with the uh, the dead eye. It's always always great seeing Pack on dynamite. Yeah, Andrade took a crazy bump outside the yeah. ring through that through that ladder, and then you had Matt Hardy delivering a leg drop, classic Hardy Boy style, outside the ring off a ladder through a ch- through a table. So I mean, it was. It was a really good match for television especially. It was a good match in general. Yeah. It was the right winner. It was a good dynamite. It ties into what Rampage is going to be. I know it's Daniel Garcia and CM Punk. I don't know what else is on the card. The Acclaimed versus the, acclaimed. the Lucha Bros. There's four matches this week. There's a women's match. Yes, and I'm drawing a blank. I didn't write it down. Mm. Which is fine. I mean, again, Rampage has been one of those things that it doesn't feel like must-see. So hopefully, you know, going forward, they'll kind of have this... I mean, obviously, CM Punk Wrestling, Daniel Garcia, CM Punk Wrestling in general is must-see. I'm Lucha excited for that the tag match, team titles is must-see. And then again, you're going to have the TBS title kind of playing a role. Maybe we'll see more of that defended, even if it's on Rampage. It probably won't be, because Rampage is staying on TNT. Right. But, you know, you're going to have those individuals competing, too. So you're going to have something, like you said, there's a purpose for everything happening. Because it did kind of feel like Anna Jay and Bunny were feuding for nothing. And I'd set up a tag match, but it kind of felt like it started over nothing. And not that you, like, obviously just in real life, you you have personal vendettas or whatnot that you, you have to overcome. So, like, there's it's you don't have to always be competing for a championship, but it just ups the stakes. Like, I feel like it's more enticing in well, you have something to fight certain for. instances where... So you, you'll have this happening, obviously, in the next couple of months, but we'll see what they decide they want to do. I think it's the right time for Adam Page. I'm glad they ran it back. I'm glad they didn't. Well, we'll see what happens. I still think that they should go with the Adam Page victory. It gives it gives him a different story. It gives you a new kind of babyface champion. He doesn't have to hold the belt long. But it gives you new stories. You can run with Adam Page, and you can let Kenny Omega feud with Brian Danielson on their own as their own event, well, as think, their own attraction. I think you're right, though. You hit the nail on the head where he's got so many distractions that, like, the story literally writes itself. Um, right now, obviously, Hangman just made his return, so we'll, we'll see what happens in, in the coming weeks leading up to Full Gear. But it's like if Kenny overcomes all of these distractions and retains his title. Now he's going on almost a year. It's like, can anyone ever beat him? Like, well, I feel like you put him in this, like, it, Yeah, and then on top no, of that, no it's not only can anybody ever beat him, you know, you had some stories that you could have done it on. What yeah. stories are, gonna, are you going to use? It, and it I seems think like it'd be a missed opportunity right now if they don't go in that direction. Well, then when you go forward, when he faces Brian Danielson in the rematch, there's no distractions. There's nobody else gunning for him. It's just Danielson Omega. No outside noise. No world championships. It kind of plays that the match can be a better match with no distractions. Well, it's like the... Because of the style of wrestling that they want to tell you that story that they are at their peak. Studying each other. Matching punch for punch. And without any outside interference, this could be something special. The Bucks and Proud and Powerful fought at Full Gear 2019 uh, for the rights to the best tag team in the world, and there were no titles involved. So, different style of match we'd be getting, of course, but... Yeah, I mean, just fighting for who is the pure best. So you had the two best, Sonata and Okada, in the G1, which they basically, I'm pretty sure, gave away for free. 
they opened up, I guess, this week of G1 for free or whatever it was. So that's great. It's smart. I know that they've been struggling with whether or not it's been uh, subscriptions or ticket sales. I know they've struggled mightily with ticket sales. But, I mean, look, everything else around them, unfortunately, for New Japan, I don't know what they need to do to get back on. MLW's running some big shows. We, didn't, we don't really watch them or talk much about them, but they're running some big shows. GCW's enormous. Bloodsport's back. Yeah. I mean, there's just... Ring of Honor's dead in the water. That's sad. But New Japan's struggling right now to get themselves on firm ground. Well, we do have a few New Japan of America talents who are going to be at Bloodsport. Uh, Clark Connors and... Alex Coughlin. Well, it's a way to get them introduced to a different type of audience. And Yuya Yamera and Suzuki. Yeah, Suzuki's making his American rounds, his tour. We're going to have the opportunity to see him on Sunday, which is exciting. Can't believe Atlantic City is Sunday already. I am so excited. I feel like I have been waiting. Matt Cardona will try to fight to regain his internet championship from Effie. Effie is the internet. Dude. That's going to be one hell of a match. Are you excited to see Cardona? I'm excited to watch that. Yeah, I think the match I think the match card looks great. I mean, you have you an have, MDK shirt, so you don't get to wear your You have an SGC six-man tag match. Yep. You have Effie versus Cardona. You have Nick Gage, John Moxley, you have Mick Foley presenting the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have Suzuki and Joey Janela the next night. It's a really good card for Atlantic City. It's a fantastic card this weekend. Anybody has an opportunity to check it out, check it out. Very, very excited. What a birthday weekend I am walking into. But with that, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, hope you're doing well and staying safe. We are at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com. And we will be back later next week with part two of this recap. Thanks, guys.